When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, Travis, Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. What's his name? Star-Lord. Peter Quill. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Apathetic Enthusiasm. I'm Travis. Hey, I'm Brandon. Uh, Thank you guys for coming back. Thank you for listening to episode two. This is going to be our oscar special it's 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 poor timing really on our parts to start a new podcast (laughs) second episode in immediately break form and do something that we don't plan on doing on a regular basis hey travis let's start up a podcast about tech and movies yeah let's do it the week before (laughs) the oscars great idea (laughs) a little housekeeping right off the bat there's a few ways you can get in touch with the show Uh, you can email us at apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com you can follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash apatheticenthusiasmshow. Or you can check us out on Twitter at apathusiast, A-P-A-T-H-U-S-I-A-S-T. I, you know, is that's correct. You, you did, did, I, did I have like an open-ended like question almost <laughs> yeah, like, at it? Maybe that's our Twitter <laughs> handle. I think that's what we should call our roaring fan base this podcast the 20 of you that are liking us on facebook you are all apathusiasts so this week we're going to be talking about the oscars um we like to talk about movies so uh why not take the weekend of the oscars the 87th annual academy awards oscar take the wheel (laughs) that's what they say so you don't watch the oscars right i do not watch the oscars i have a tendency to watch the oscars what what makes you want to watch the oscars i i think i like to know what's going on like when it when it's happening right so okay um and this is hard because especially living even if you're on the west coast or especially in hawaii you're you're watching stuff on a delay usually Mm -hmm. so there's already going to be stuff out in social media that's giving away what the results are but as much as i can i feel like i want to be up to date on on the information because the oscars are live and because you know they're it it, there's that communal aspect to it like if you're if you're following on social media so if you if i'm checking my twitter and someone's like i can't believe that just happened at the oscars (laughs) especially now that i don't have like dvr now i'm like crap yeah, I have to. I have to go to YouTube now and figure out 
you know, Ugh. who, how, how... Somebody, somebody post the video. Somebody <laughs> post the video. <laughs> like, when John Travolta completely botched, uh, what's her name? The, uh, Adele Nazim or whatever he said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were talking about the, the chick from Precious. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... But yeah, like that sort of stuff, it's, it, for me, is interesting to watch as it happens. So, uh, gotcha. as opposed to just, you know, logging on to the internet the next day, you know, with my 56K modem. Right. And once the pages finally load, finding out who the winners are. So, you, you watch the Oscars and you also follow it on social media, right? Yeah, I think any time that I'm watching TV... Um, and this is true, especially when I'm watching sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, because I do watch sports. I do um, too. I'm, sometimes I'm following. I you know I'm watching it on TV, but I have my phone out, yeah. and I'm following stuff on Twitter because it's almost like there's this added level of insight where people are bringing stuff up that maybe I'm not catching. People are people are having a conversation about what's going on. Yeah. Um. If you if if you're watching the Oscars, even on like DVR, you watch it on a 30 minute delay yeah the stuff that's happening on your social media feed is not going to match up with what you're watching so it's 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 almost like spoiler prevention (laughs) like okay i have to watch it right now so that i don't find out on twitter okay i i got you this this goes away a little bit from the oscar stuff but are you also the kind of guy who will dvr a sports game say the thunder game and then stay away from social media if you're at work and then come back and watch the entire game to find out the answer absolutely uh, <laughs> unbelievable i can't i can't do it there there are it. there are big games throughout the season that if i am not able to watch it live i will go into social media blackout to avoid any kind of spoiler whatsoever i can't i can't do it <laughs> even if it's even if it's a super important game if i wasn't there for it and other people know the answer just give me the answer. I don't. It's like you know what? I missed it. Tell me how many touchdowns they got. And... Be, because for me, the drama. We're getting so far away from movies here, but for me, the drama in a sports game, from a non-sports guy, is actually being there as it's happening, watching an interception or watching a fumble or watching a touchdown as it happens. As it happens. That drama disappears if you already know the outcome of the game. Right. I completely agree, which is why which, I won't check social media. <laughs> so, so for me, look, I don't need to put myself through the stress of like, oh, oh, are we going to make it? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not going to put myself through the stress of two plus hours <laughs> uh, when I can just be like, hey, Groogles, Groogles, tell me what the score is. Yeah, the the internet hive mind will provide you with that. Then I could be like, okay, I hate you right now instead of <laughs> three three hours. So instead of dealing with the high stress environment of watching the Academy Awards and wondering who's it gonna be, who's gonna take that cinematography <laughs> Oscar home, you would rather just you know what, check the internet, yes, find out the results. The 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 last the last time I focused on the Oscars, I was really I had a vested interest. Is that like nah, yeah, yeah? I had an emotional interest in watching the Oscars. I didn't actually watch them, but I was glued to like Twitter and 
Google to like find you, out. Like you were legitimately interested in knowing as soon as possible what the results were. Yes, because I it was 2007, I think. 2007 or 2008. And the only thing I wanted to know, I wanted to be sure of, in my heart of hearts, was that Avatar did not win Best Picture. <laughs> I was I was so anti Avatar. You were like just rooting against it and had to know, make sure that it was not. I didn't I didn't care what movie won. <laughs> Pert Locker did, but I, so long as Avatar did it exactly. Okay, because uh, Dances with Wolves already won. <laughs> did it? I don't know if it won. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, you know what? No, it it beat yeah. out Goodfellas. So here's the thing, and this is something I found online. I, I'm not alone. And the whole social media being a driving force for watching the Oscars. The and this is this doesn't just apply for the Oscars. This is award shows across the board: Emmys, Grammys, Grammys Golden Globes, everything. MTV Video Music Awards. Uh, the the spirits. Uh, <laughs> are those the Tonys? Do they do they show those on TV? I don't know. Only if it's the Bennett's. <laughs> um, but yes, so. A decade ago, mm-hmm. award show viewership was on the decline. People, yeah. you know, the ratings were going down. There was a point where they were starting to question whether or not they would even continue with a lot of award shows. Right. And since social media has become, has gained in popularity, there's actually been an increase in viewership mm-hmm. for the actual awards. I think there was like 40, 43 million people huh. watched uh, the Oscars last year and I think they're expecting as many at least this year. Um, why? Why do you think that viewership? Because I, I remember viewership going down, um, and there was a whole like, "Oh, this chicken little sky is falling, sky is falling." Where's our viewership going? Why do you think that is is turning around? I, th- I think especially when you think about the Oscars, from a network's perspective, they have the rights to show the Oscars in a particular year. Mm-hmm. And it is a big opportunity to have a lot of people watch your content. The driving force behind that is ad sales, you know, and and everything that leads up to that show that night is yeah. all about generating as much viewership as possible, because then you can sell more ads. Right. So, so you'd say almost like um, so ABC came out with their top fifteen films that transformed america right right yeah so earlier this week they ran a special all geared towards oscar buzz where they wanted to talk about the 15 most influential films uh in in the u.s in the like tra- transform u.s and um so I'm, I'm glad we got around to this point because this list let me tell you i'm not i'm not a i'm not a huge antagonist towards it um <laughs> It, but it's, it's you have it's not the best. You have personal issues with things that are on and not on this list. Correct. So, so it's top fifteen. I'll just give you the top five. Lay it on. Number five, two thousand one, a space odyssey. Stanley Kubrick. Good, good stuff. Groundbreaking sci-fi. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Psycho, number four. Hitch, Hitchcock, up and up and this, <laughs> re, 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 re. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the first feature animated film by the Walt Disney Company. Walt Disney, love him, love him like a brother. 
Uh, Gone with the Wind. Don't, don't mock my love for Walt Disney in, in front of me. Okay. Uh, Gone with the Wind is number two. Um, yeah. And then finally, number one, Star Wars. It's our, shaped, our target it's demographic similar. is probably loving the fact that Star Wars is number one on this list. But they're also probably like, where's Star Wars? Search for Spock. <laughs> I think that was one of the crappy ones, actually. Star Star Wars, Search for Spock. <laughs> we, we literally just lost half of our audience. <laughs> boo. <laughs> is uh, he saying boo, Ernst? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Simpsons. Uh, so, so I give you the top five, Travis. Do you notice anything missing from that? I do, and I think I know exactly what you're gonna say is your issue. With I'm that. gonna get. I'm gonna give you a multiple choice question here. What is missing from the top five? A. A bologna sandwich. B. Another bologna sandwich, but with mayonnaise. The first one <laughs> didn't have mayonnaise. C. Final Destination Two minus Devin Sawa, and D. Citizen Kane. Uh, I'm gonna go with. This is this is your I'm, chance. Okay, I'm gonna go with Citizen Kane. Uh, even, even even though I was leaning heavily towards the bologna sandwich with mayo, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure what's missing from this. It does sound pretty good. Yeah, a film that I think if you pull any other top films in America list from anywhere, Citizen Kane is probably near the top. I would say that even if you have the the worst list you've ever seen of films. <laughs> Citizen Kane might be a hundred on that list. But, but it's still it, on the list. It's still on the you, list. You only read the top five, but just so everybody knows, Citizen Kane does not appear anywhere on their top 15 most Wait, influential films. 15 to 10, is it on there? No, it's not. 10, 10 to 6, is it on there? No, no. It's not anywhere on the list. 1 to 5, is it on there? Well, I think we, we established You know what? Read them again. Read them again. <laughs> so, we could go on and on about why Citizen Kane is an influential film. Um, that That's an episode unto itself. That work has been done for us. Yes. And it's also on a film school podcast, which we're not doing here. Okay. So, but there's a, so there's a huge omission. There's a huge addition. Okay. You feel that there's a there's a movie that's on this list that maybe shouldn't be there. One of these things is not like the other. Could easily be taken out to make room for Citizen Kane. Just imagine this. The huge addition, John Hughes' first film, Sixteen Candles is on this list. So you feel that Sixteen Candles is not one of the most influential films? No, it, and I'm not trying to belittle the accomplishment of John Hughes or um, the effectiveness of the movie itself. I just don't uh, agree. Right. In my personal opinion, that 16 Candles is anywhere... So so what... Should it, be anywhere near that list. What is the argument being made by ABC or the producers of the show to justify why 16 Candles is one of his top 15 influential films? So they're, the reasoning behind 16 Candles being one of the most influential films <laughs> is... Long Tuck Dom. <laughs> the sensitivity to racial relations in the U.S. <laughs> at that time. No, the, their reasoning behind it is uh, it's one of the first films to utilize teenagers in teenage roles. Okay. 
So, I mean, there were already movies being made targeting teenage demographic. Right. Not necessarily using teenagers, though, as the featured actors. Well, so, like, Rebel Without a Cause. I think James Dean was in his mid to late 20s already at that point in time. Okay, so much like many of the movies that are produced today, they're using older actors to portray teenagers. Right. What ABC is saying with this list is... It, it's 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 almost like they're taking the plot to Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> getting Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum to be in movies playing high school students. That's how <laughs> that's how they used to do it up until Sixteen Candles. Then Sixteen Candles rolled around and they're like, "Hey, who can we get? Who can we get? Who's a teenager?" And so they decided to just use all the same people, <laughs> and then make Breakfast Club. The Brat Pack. Um. If you look at this whole list, I think Sixteen Candles stands out as one of those movies that just doesn't fit with all the rest of the titles right. that they use. Um, but the people that they interviewed for this, the they, they, they interviewed a lot of celebrities, a lot of people that worked in film to kind of compile this list. But it's, I mean, it's really subjective. And I think if, if you went to a different group of people and asked them the same question, you're going to come up with a different list, which really is is sort of the same way the Oscars are in in how they pick their categories yeah. and how how films get nominated. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I can see the, that. The the system, the system isn't perfect, right? I mean, you have the the nomination process for the Oscars is is such that they go to the academy voters who are in a specific job field, mm-hmm. you know, the the editors, the boom operators. <laughs> The editors nominate the gaffers nominate the gaffers, gaffers nominate the which that's gaffo gaffo <laughs> <laughs> who who's the best boy like what is he doing right um, but yeah so that's how they come up with their nominations and then once the films are nominated they send those categories out to everyone they mm-hmm. send out screeners and they say vote right. vote on which ones you like the most regardless of category regardless of what you've seen so if send us your so if you're an animator, do you do you only vote on animated movies? For the nominations, animators will nominate films for best feature in animation. But then once all the films have been nominated, you vote for everything. You vote for best picture, you vote for best actress, you vote for animation. So let's just get this out of the way real quick. Real quick. We both agree on this. We're we're on the same page. Lego Movie was snubbed for a nomination, right? Yes, and I, I agree with you, and I think part of it comes into who was doing the nominating, and the other part is the bizarre set of rules and stipulations that go into what can and cannot get nominated. So, okay. um, I, in preparation for this podcast, I did a little bit of research. You, pre- you prepared them. A, a little I- bit. I don't 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 give me too much credit, okay? But there are rules for animated features where seventy five percent of it has to be done in animation. So there's an argument that says because the end portion of the Lego Movie was live action. Spoiler. I, Spoiler I, cast. I won't tell you what happened, but there is a live action portion of the film um, that, along with some of the techniques that were used. Mm-hmm may have been the reason why the Lego movie didn't get nominated. That said, I still feel like 
as far as all of the animated films that were available for nomination, mm-hmm. there's that's not a good enough reason to omit the Lego Movie. Right, and and I I think we could have a whole whole five to ten minute conversation <laughs> about uh, why the Lego Movie wasn't nominated and why the Box Trolls, which is stop motion, yeah, it was animated or uh, was nominated. I shouldn't say. Yeah, I I read somewhere that stop motion animation is is often not even included in the animation category because of the way that it's filmed it's it they they stick to a specific process to qualify films for animation but you know i what happens what happens after they get nominated so there's there's actually a great set of posts on the hollywood reporter website where they did interviews uh, anonymous interviews with different Academy voters. They, they broke down what what portion of the Academy, whether they're mm-hmm. PA or, you know, what, what part of the industry they worked in. Um, but then the person was very honest about how they made their decisions for voting in each category. Right. Certain people, they may have only seen one picture in the entire category, and they just made their decision off of that. Right. Other, other people... You know, they, they watch all the screeners. They, they made really educated decisions and voted for what they thought was best. Some people, I don't think, saw any of the movies. Uh, <laughs> and, and, they, and they could still vote. Right. So I, 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 I've I read a couple of those guys, too. Uh, one guy, I, I've talked to you about this earlier today, voted for Best Foreign Film because he saw a commercial for it on TV. Um there, there's another Hollywood Reporter anonymous voters who she had a problem with Selma, and I wrote the I wrote the quote down because this is it's an interesting point. So uh, she says showing up at the New York premiere with I can't breathe shirts. Do they want to be known for best movie of the year or stirring up shit? <laughs> but then she goes on to talk about American Sniper, and then she says I can separate politics from his filmmaking. So so right. So this there, is one. This is one voter. Is one person who's like, "Whoa, this, their politics are." Hmm. How can I, I can't see past their politics to to watch their film unless it's a patriotic movie about an American hero. <laughs> unless in it, which case, if it's eighty four year old Clint Eastwood, <laughs> he makes my day. <laughs> so I think that is a perfect example of the subjective nature of the Oscars and might kind of give an idea of when when you're watching these awards or or you're you know looking up the winners the next day take it with a grain of salt you know these people have different methods for making their decisions and the best person that you know the person you feel was best you know they may not win but it's you know whatever right um for most of the categories i read uh, that's it's a straight up you you vote for the 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 yeah, you pick one you you pick one, but best picture is different, right? Yeah, they best um, best, best picture is uh, like a an instant runoff, preferential tiered type voting. Right? Which having this discussion right now makes us more educated than many of <laughs> the Academy Award voters because as you look at those articles, some people don't know that some people still put in just one their their number one vote. For the best picture, right? But they're what they're supposed to do is do a ranking. So 
number in this case there's eight nominees number one to number eight their favorites in order right the the target goal here is one film to have 50 percent or more of the votes so that that bottom film that had the least number one votes they get rid of that and then all of the votes for that film they look at those people's number two vote but the, the weird thing about this is that starting eight that starting ranking whatever is receives the most number one votes is not necessarily going to be the film that has that is the winner in this category people the the majority selection for best picture isn't always the winner because once you start adding in those number twos and number threes as they're as they're removing other films so the the analogy is uh, you're you're going to a banquet. You're picking out dinners for banquet, right? And you have a, a, a committee who's going to help you out with this. And there's liver on there. There's one dish that has liver. There's some chicken and there's steak. Thirty percent of the people vote for liver. The rest of them vote for chicken and steak. Right, but those votes are going to be split up amongst the different chicken and if, steak. If it was a standard voting, if it was a popularity contest, since liver had thirty percent of the votes by itself that would be the winner in a traditional voting context in a instant runoff what they would end up do is people who clearly don't like liver if they voted their preference chicken all on the top their votes are still going to get applied to some form of chicken dish right okay so their first four votes were all for chicken those would eventually accumulate Pushing one of those chicken dishes. One one of the the four five this chicken is, dishes. This is solid gold right here. I am so hungry. <laughs> All that being said, that long, delicious analogy for mm. <laughs> uh, best best picture voting. What that does is it causes a bit of a, a gap, a, a a difference between what film will win best picture and often what wins best director. That. People, I'm guessing, often vote the same film for Best Director and Best Picture, but that majority is going to always win for Best Director. You may have some sort of mix-up where another film is getting those second and third place votes and ends up coming out on top in Best Picture. Exactly, and the system got set up, I believe, about six years ago, and since its inception, five of those years have had a split Best Picture Best director there you go. outcome. Perfect. So we're talking about best pictures. We both saw a movie this week that is nominated for best picture. Um, we watched Birdman. What did you think about it? First of all, yes, we both watched Birdman. To have you guys know, we didn't watch it together. Yes, we watched it separate times. Separate times, separate houses. Um, and... Personally, Travis, I don't think that Scooby and Shaggy should have gone to court. Look, it's it's legal in Colorado. Uh, it's legal in other places wait, around the country. Wait a minute. So, I have a feeling you're talking about Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, and not Birdman with Michael Keaton. Just so we're clear... Yes, <laughs> Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. So okay, right on. So we watched the same thing then. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, so we so we both watched Birdman, starring Michael Keaton. 
great film or not. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, I, honest, I, honest opinion. What did you think of Birdman? I I liked I liked the movie. I thought they had some some good stuff in there. Uh, the cinematography cinematography is awesome. Um, I like the I like the almost frenetic ener- energy they had with the the one shot. You know the the whole just one long continuous take. It kept that kind of pace of the movie where it's like sort of this hurried. I mean, there were times where they could stop and they could focus in on a certain scene. Yes, but because it was constantly moving from one thing to the next you know there's never that like release of you know okay so that's done now we're doing like it just kind of flowed through that whole thing i thought that was right i thought that was really well done Uh, i think there's there are a couple of key scenes in there that you can you can clearly see there's a, a a cut in there to 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 put the the film together right yeah i mean film together realistically we know they didn't shoot the whole movie in you know an hour and a half flawlessly with one take right um i was looking for those indicators i'm i'm guessing you probably were too it's the same thing when you go into watching a magician you know they're playing a trick on you you want to see how they're doing the trick yes and so that that's kind of where i fell in myself watching birdman there were there were moments in the film where it was really focused on, you know, a couple of characters in the room. And I could really sort of watch the performance and, and get wrapped up in it. But then there were those other times where it's like kind of moving throughout the theater. And I'm just like, okay, so they just walked through the door and everything got dark. Right. They did a cut. And, and suddenly <laughs> I'm, I'm not in the moment anymore. Now I'm yeah. thinking like a film student. Now, now, now you're not in the movie anymore. Now you're on your couch eating popcorn or whatever you're doing. 30,000 feet in the air watching on an iPad mini. You know, one of those things. You know, asking for some more Jim and Coke. <laughs> one of those, one of those types of things. Um, I also found some of... I was talking to my wife about this. And one of the problems we had with the film was they were almost trying too hard with some of the dialogue. Yeah, it did feel like this. We talked about this before. Emma Stone, she has a... A monologue almost it's she's she's talking to somebody but it's focused on her face and she's giving this really impassioned speech and it went on far too long <laughs> yeah. there's there's diminishing returns on an anger laden speech and she hit it like 20 <laughs> seconds into it delivered by Emma Stone of super bad fame and Spider Man fame. Yeah, so uh, amazing. Not the Sam. I, I think that was the first thing I said to you after I got done with the movie. Is like I really liked it. Um, a lot of things I loved. None of those things are Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is correct. Um, all right. Well, but, but but Edward Norton, I would say I would almost put him. I want to give Keaton his due. But I almost like Edward Norton more in that film than, than Michael Keaton. Okay, yeah. Uh, again, talking to my wife, we almost felt like that's probably how people act like that in real life. Oh, especially in like as as actors, you know, on Broadway, they, I, I think he nailed that character, and I almost it's weird because this movie, the the plot line for it sort of lives in this gray area where you're kind of like is this 
how these people's lives really are. I mean, you have Michael Keaton. He plays Birdman. He's <laughs> he's he, he played Birdman, right? So you, you might yeah. as well you might as well say Batman, right? And he hasn't done it in a long time, and but he's still really well known for that. Trying to do this other thing that's a little bit more artsy, a little bit more, you know, this this movement path being just known for Batman. It's got this meta context. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To it. So then you it's it's a it's a movie about acting. It's actors in a movie about acting. Right. So yeah, we'll we both overall like Birdman. We'll see how it all shakes out. That's our show, the the first Oscar special of Apathetic Enthusiasm. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we we appreciate you guys listening. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us give us some feedback. Let us know how you're listening. Yeah, uh, we're available on Stitcher. We we got the show up on iTunes. So if you're if you're listening on either of those uh, podcast providers, please uh, give us a rating. Give us some feedback on there. It really helps the show out. I'd appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we will see you next week with. I'm going to say no movies. Are we going to do a, a double feature <laughs> of technology? <laughs> yes, there will, there, there will be. We'll be back to our normal format. Two, two topics. Neither of the movies. Guaranteed. Maybe board games. <laughs> uh... All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm Travis. I'm Brandon. Take it easy. See you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.